2: Welcome to this podcast. This is episode twenty-five of the more than just Spock, more than sorry of the more than just Star Trek, the more than just Star Trek uh, podcast. Don't worry, I'll edit out Jonathan there, um, or maybe I won't. Uh, yeah. So my name is Timothy. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I am surrounded by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And I'm also surrounded by Jonathan Kuline over there in Mr. Mississauga. Mind you, you guys are both to the left of me, right? So
1: yeah, we're pretty close to the each other they're on the left here yeah yeah you're on the left side i'm on the right like a couple thousand kilometers
2: it's fine Mm, three three thousand kilometers but who's counting yeah all right. Anyway, um, yeah, here we are. We're, we're uh, back for a special... Uh, we weren't really planning on doing a show this week, but here we are. So let's start off with the fact check. Well, actually, I put some of the fact check, and you put some of the fact check.
1: So how are we going to do this? Uh, well, we can we can tag team it, or we can just, you know...
2: Uh, you go for it. I'll uh, I'll, interject, I'll interject if uh, I have to.
1: All right. Well, we'll start at the 225 of uh, episode 24. Uh, we mentioned one of the uh, actresses that is on Star Trek Discovery, uh, and her name is Sarah Mittich, not Sarah. Sarah Millich, which I think one of us might have said.
2: Yeah, I said Millich, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: 458, uh, Seth McFarlane plays Captain Ed Mercer on the Orville, not Seth Rogen. I think one of us Ooh. might have accidentally said Seth Rogen. Get your Seth straight. Um, uh, sorry, Seth Rogen. Yep. Yeah, uh, Canadian, Seth Rogen, come
2: on. Oh, here, I'll take this one. So at 720 I mentioned my friend Ilsa von Klatz who's no longer with us, and uh, Ilsa and my friend Rick Sarabia were both in the War of the Worlds, which is a TV adaptation around 1988-89. I'm not sure what the connection... I know the two of them worked together in Toronto, but I can't remember what the connection was for them. But also claim claimed the famous she was the only female advocate in that show. Um, and it starts some other interesting Canadians like Colin Fjord, who seems to be, a, a, I mean, an actor that they pull out whenever they need to have some sort of villainous kind of guy. And um, a quick story, I went to, to school with him, and I think the first play I ever was in production was he was one of the stars of back in grade seven. Um, and John Vernon, who we know from... Uh, great movies such as Animal House and a few other ones and but it also what I thought was interesting was that Mia Kirshner was also in that show as a child actor and she Mm -hmm. is of course she plays Amanda uh, who is Michael Burnham's adopted mother well played thank you uh
1: 753 we were talking about the rebooted V uh television series V the Visitors uh aired for two seasons on NBC it was 2009 to 2011 we were trying to figure out what the timeline was there right yeah that was Mm -hmm. post lost but uh uh, but yeah, still a while ago. Uh, of course, that's being rebooted as a trilogy of films, according to uh, last week's news. Uh, and speaking of that, 8.30 uh, into last week's episode, Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost was uh, one of the other stars of that sh- uh, series in 2009, uh, along with Marina Baccarin. And 58.43, the animated short on the home video release of The Incredibles is called Jack, Jack Attack. Isn't
0: that what I said? No, I said something like Jack's Big Day or something. I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I, I couldn't couldn't fish it out. It's been a while since I've sat down and watched that, which is a shame because it's such an excellent movie.
2: All right, so we have some headlines. Jonathan, why don't you lead us into that?
1: Headlines, well, uh, because we are uh, spotcast, I thought I'll start with some uh, Star Trek news. So uh, I got a, an exclusive story from IGN uh, this week that Star Trek The Next Generation's comic book series uh, from uh, IDW is going to be going to the Mirror Universe. Now, they did a Mirror Universe storyline uh, so the last year of the year before not long ago um and this is a sequel that people are looking forward to and uh this is going to be centered around the tng cast of course um who famously didn't really get that kind of mm-hmm. universe treatment, treatment. so uh, you get to see uh the uh, picard with the goatee and uh, looking menacing and stuff like that so if you're a fan of what you've seen on uh, on disco the last uh, 15 weeks plus a few weeks in breaks in there uh you can venture back to the mirror
0: universe in that era as a quick uh, oh. note where does that fit in the timeline, and the reason I ask is because by the time you get to Deep Space Nine's like first or second season, they would established that the Terran Empire had fallen to the Alliance of the was it like Klingons and Cardassians? I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So, where mm. does given that TNG overlaps with DS9, where do they like where do they slot this into?
1: That's an excellent question. I must admit, I haven't read the first part, although I was reading the synopsis of it, and it, it says uh um, the Mirror Universe Next Generation crew is looking for new worlds to conquer, and they're crossing over into the Prime Star Trek universe to find them um it says how did the mirror universe crew find their way to ours and what does emperor spock have to do with it so Emperor Spock, yeah, yeah. so i mean again having not kept up to date with this and i now i feel like i, I kind of want to go back and read the last one they did and and see what what's happening there because it actually sounds pretty interesting um so this is a five-part mm-hmm. mini-series that they're doing so it's not like a, a long ongoing commitment and i'm sure there will be a collected edition in the not distant future because that's how comic books work nowadays but uh, but yeah it actually sounds pretty interesting and uh let's see news from today so uh jurassic park 3 was announced today uh, well
2: no 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 we already have a jurassic park 3 it was awful but,
1: oh um, sorry jurassic world 3 yeah that's better jurassic mm-hmm. world 3 so we haven't even seen jurassic world 2 yet and now jurassic world 3 has already been announced so it I, was so successful in the future and they came back and decided to do it again yeah they, they they can anticipate the future they know this is going to be a smash hit uh based on uh i don't know what and so they have an Announced that this is coming out uh, June eleventh, two thousand twenty-one. So it's kind of weird to start thinking ahead to what I'm going to be doing three years from now. But apparently that's in the offing. So uh, good news if you're a fan of that franchise. Uh, no comment as to whether uh, all the cast will be back. Although I'm sure if you throw enough money at uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow and all those people, they'll come back and make it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You think it'll be it'll fit between Star Trek fourteen and fifteen or what? <laughs> no word if Mirror Picard and uh, Mirror Tyrannosaurus Rex. Are Going to battle it out. <laughs> right. Like, I'll
0: be very curious because, like, I- I'd mentioned in the other shows that Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom seems like a soft reboot of part two, right? The Jurassic Park, the lost world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wonder if this to be determined Jurassic park three uh, or Jurassic world three will be a soft reboot of Jurassic park three. So I'm
2: questioning too that. So the guy who wrote Jurassic park was Michael Crichton and he's been dead for 15 years. Yeah. So where are they getting these plots and
1: these worlds from? That's an excellent question. Um, I'm going to say Colin Trevorrow's head. Okay. Uh, Steven Spielberg. I don't know. I mean, these, you know they they basically build writers rooms for these kind of pieces right they get smart people together they break down stories they figure out they're going to do it if it hits then they build together even more to try and make more franchise money out of it Um, I I just feel like these ones are weird where they announce it before like they could have announced it the week after which would have made perfect sense and they announced it a week weeks months before right we're still like three months out from Jurassic World 2 Uh, doesn't it cut the legs out from under the film like not that I imagine they were going to like have somebody bite Bryce Dallas Howard's head off or anything but but there's no stakes when they do that, right? Well, it's
2: true. I mean, but but mind you, we've we've taken we've seen the Star Wars universe do that, you know,
1: eons in, in advance, right? So, but although to be fair, Star Wars at least has the uh, the wherewithal to kill off its primary characters. So far, we're two for two. Spoilers, right, uh, right. and technically three for three if we're counting out how this is going to play out for for Carrie. Uh, Wait and see. Speaking of, but things, are
2: they invent, maybe they're going to invent some new um, dinosaurs or something. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure maybe, they maybe yeah maybe. It What's the gorilla's name from the... George. The rock movie? George? George, yeah. Yeah, maybe George will come into this one and, yeah.
1: Can we bring in the, the uh, kaiju the and wolf? the uh, the characters from Pacific Rim, too? And we'll just get a big... Sure, why not? Where are you? A big uh, battle royal going?
2: And some of those avatar flying creatures, you know, what are they called? Yeah. Whatever.
1: Uh, speaking of things that ought to get blown up, uh, Transformers films... Wait, what? Uh, things that blow up good. Um, Transformers is apparently getting a reboot, the film franchise. The uh, CEO, I think it was CEO. Let me just uh, double check. I got my right person here. Hasbro's CEO, Brian Goldner, laid out his plans for the... for the uh paramount hasbro uh shared universe films that are coming up which are apparently going to be a sort of a reboot of the transformers gi joe universe uh yeah so so hold on to your socks here here's the here's the slate for you and try not to get too excited uh so bumblebee is coming out this december right yes that's true 2020 they're going to release a a new reboot of gi joe okay they're Mm -hmm. also releasing a micronauts movie in 2020 okay so again, don't get Push, too excited. Calm
0: pushing down. the luck on that one. Pushing the Calm luck. down. Uh,
1: 2021, they're putting out a new Dungeons & Dragons flick. Okay, now they're getting crazy. And in 2021, we're also going to get the unnamed Paramount slash Hasbro event film. They literally called it the event film.
2: The event film. Well, hmm. so does this not leap dovetail nicely into the discussion about the Netflix show about the toys we loved? Yes. And the episode about Hasbro? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Did they do an episode
2: about Hasbro? Well, the G.I. Joe one was not oh. more. Oh Kenner and Hasbro they, they did
0: like Kenner in Star Wars um, they covered uh, the G.I. Joe bit and there is some yes. the lab there as Hasbro takes over Kenner
2: yeah because the G.I. Joe got G.I. Joe character the 12 inch one that I had with Life Like Hair and Bread um, it got eclipsed by the Star Wars toys yep. you know and what the three were they three and a half inches or something like that yep and so then they brought up the new G.I. Joe's and yep. the difference between the G.I. Joe's were that they all had the same bend bendiness that the original one it was a whole episode about it. And then,
1: I, I did see the G.I. Joe one, that was good, but I, don't, I didn't, didn't really tweak to the... To it was the,
2: Italian, it was, I think G.I. Joe was, G.I. Joe has, I think it was the, the multi-character G.I. Joe's was what sort of brought Hasbro back into into popularity, which is kind of interesting that Hasbro, you've been mentioning Hasbro in the making of of these films, like, you know, and I was just thinking, as you were saying, they're bringing the the Transformer movie back, and I was just thinking, like, why wouldn't they just do a whole bunch of new commercials but to sell toys? Because well, why else would they bring G.I. Joe back? Right to sell toys, isn't that what the whole? It's so
1: funny. I I did really enjoy that special, and the the part that I particularly enjoyed was how they highlighted the fact that they basically turned, they developed the TV show of GI Joe, the cartoon, and the comic book series to sell toys. Which, of course, they did, and of course, you can objectively say that. But when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, there's this TV show! Oh my god, there's these comics! Oh my god, there's these toys!" And it hit me in that sweet spot because I was like 11 when it happened, and for me, it was it was awesome. The same as Transformers, right? I didn't think they were. TV commercials. I thought they were, you know, the best cartoon series ever. Uh, yeah. And for, for me, I got duped by the whole, when, the, when
2: G.I. Joe became an astronaut, that's what I got into G.I. Joe's about Cause before that they were army guys, right?
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just hits the zeitgeist, right? It just sort of hits you in that sweet spot. Um, you know, there was a big sort of uh, push on Japanese culture during that stretch of the eighties when I was a kid and transformer toys were coming over in different, you know, all kinds of variations. And then there was a TV show and there was a comic book and there was toys and it just sort of became part of our lives um, and here we are 30 plus years later and it's you know it's still there although um, I don't think you could find many people who would tell you that the Transformer film franchise is a particularly good film franchise. No
2: but 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 to, doesn't it cater to it like you know how for me the the dinosaur rock shows like the you know the Steely Dans and the Todd Rundgren's and all that kind of stuff coming back and playing concerts caters to my age group because we now have enough money to go see these shows which we never would have been able to afford when we were kids. For you and Jaime perhaps the whole Transformers and oh, we were just talking about um, G.I. Joe's um, those kind of, they're they're now making movies about the toys that you played with when you were kids is where I'm going with
1: that yeah right? but I think the perfect analogy there has got to be the the Marvel Universe versus the pre-Marvel uh, Marvel right. Cinematic Universe versus the pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe films right. all the movies before that were very not all most of the movies that before that were very disconnected from the comic universe that we loved growing up you mean the canon of that or not, not because... the canon but just you know they, they they deliberately made a choice when they when they made the x-men films to put them in black leather because it was cool because they would write costumes because that was hokey uh,
2: the yellow the yellow spandex you mean well, yeah right?
1: whereas now we're seeing more and more fairly true to the you know we're seeing thor we're seeing black that's black panther's costume like that's it is what it is yes it's cool but it's, it was cool in the 1960s when it was created um we're seeing a lot more faithful adaptations whereas transformers and i and i could say this. Having you know been in on the ground floor, I actually um, went out to to California and interviewed Michael Bay and some of the the, the actors and actresses for that when it came out. Um, I, that has never been my Transformers, nor has the GI Joe been my GI Joe. It's always been a fairly loose interpretation. Um, I don't know if their direction going forward is to be any more faithful to what we kind of grew up with, or if they don't give a darn about my generation anymore. But mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Jaime? This is you know this is somewhere in your wheel house too
0: yeah i definitely would agree that the transformers and gi joe bits were and in fact i'll even throw in like teenage mutant ninja turtles as long as it's around that that's right era. yeah they've, they've played it kind of fast and loose with that and I, I think you're spot on that the marvel cinematic universe has stayed about as true as they can possibly make it right like there's some bits they might give in a little bit on for um uh, dramatic reasons or to make it a little bit more realistic but they've i think they've gone away from the like very heavily realistic side like they did with let's say like iron man or some of the early Marvel movies, and they've gotten into the crazier, loonier stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor yeah. Ragnarok, those sorts of things, where they're, they're not afraid to say, hey, let's make it like a comic book. It can be bright and cheerful. People can do crazy things.
1: Yeah, and bright colors and big costumes and huge set pieces. And, and that to me was what I loved about comics as a genre growing up was it was so imaginative. It was stuff that you could never really realize. Even in animation, we didn't see things that creative and imaginative. Now, eventually, a lot of media has caught up to that. Um, but there's still, I mean, I watched Black Panther last week, and I was like, "Oh, I I remember that when it happened in a comic book." I, like they were lifting from the ideas that people like Christopher Priest had. You know, she's what fifteen years ago. Um, you know, it, it, there there are they are elevating, they are doing excellent work, but they're still taking ideas that have been you know preconceived by very smart creative people in those genres. And I think they're doing the same thing. You know, they're lifting some of these things for the MCU. They're lifting some of these things for, to a lesser extent, the DC stuff. But Transformers has never really done that. They Kind of put Michael Bay in charge and said, "You do whatever you want." And he's come up with these big clanking, urinating explosion machines, and uh, it's just, it's just never clicked for me. So mm. perhaps this is the way to go. Maybe this is going to be the thing that sort of you know jumps it into a different stratosphere. But I, I can't say that I'm particularly blown away by this slate. What do you guys think of this? Uh, any intention to go see GI Joe, Micronauts, Bumblebee, Dr- Dungeons and Dragons, or the event film?
2: Probably not. But let me ask you this so so you watched the transformers cartoon or animated series when yeah. you were a kid right Not every episode how do they how do these because i mean like and you had the toys because i remember them oh, yeah. back then but, Still do. but how do how does like you just sort of said the micro the michael bay stuff is kind of over the top i mean i find them over the top myself but how do they how do how do how do, how do these movies fit with or compared to the anime series or, or even the, the toys? Um, like, are they faithful to them or are they just no, like, I mean, really really the way o- too the only two I mean, things, Optimus Prime, is he that, like, you know, uh, they, bits and pieces?
1: Uh, it's bits and pieces. It really is bits and pieces. The only things that they've really done that are uh, faithful, they hired the same voice actor to be tra- uh, Optimus Prime from the current right, for an, to the movie. I thought so, yeah. That yeah. was a nice carryover because he, he just had so iconically voiced that role. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept the color schemes, they kept the names um because bumblebee was a was a volkswagen wasn't he in the original show he was a volkswagen right. um and they had sort of done cartoon reboots over the years where they sort of jazzed things up a little bit um but they really took it to a different level and they also made like you know they, they put in these sort of weird like there there was a weird um i don't know what they were trying to do with those characters they were giving them all weird personalities but then at one point they even lost some of the color scheme so i couldn't even keep track of which characters were which in Last Transformers movie I watched, I was just like, "Well, I I don't know who to root for anymore in these fights because so much is exploding around the screen, and it just it just turned into a cacophony." I think the strength of those GI Joe and Transformers cartoons when I was a kid, and it's weird to say because they were especially in in, pretty
2: primitive. Yeah, well, they
1: were pretty primitive. But going back and watching them, like they are pretty overt commercials at times. (laughs) Like it's 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 kind of you know they're like, "Hey, new character, what's your name? You've got a cool new ability. Tell us about it." Like it's just it's pretty blatant, but At the same time, uh, you know, they had like a hundred episodes. It's just the same argument we have about television, right? They had a long time to get us to care about these characters. So even if they were just written for kids and, you know, the guys who they had, like, they had Larry Hama writing for, uh, the G.I. Joe comic book and the, he created all those backstories for all the characters and then he carried them over into the comic books and then he carried them into the show. Like these guys actually tried to put a little bit of, you know, grounding and some, you know, some depth into these characters that were really, kind of superficial but you know again we know as kids we we had favorite characters because we read the little character cards they wrote for them or they had a cool episode and whereas these movies it's, like i say it's just a cacophony like it's just it's just explosions and penis jokes like it's, it's it's just not it's not even remotely uh i think the same caliber which is really weird to say of a 1980s cartoon versus a modern film but it, i just i, I right. just have a tough time putting them on the same plateau so that is to say i don't think i'll be lining up for any of these five five films but i will keep my ip eye pe- uh, eyes, eyes on it there was a dungeons and dragons cartoons for those of you who are old enough to remember uh on saturday mornings when i was a boy um which was actually kind of fun it was only on for like i like think maybe a season or two on saturday mornings um where it was a group of kids who each got a sort of stereotypical dungeons and dragons character power um they have done dungeons and dragons films as recently as not that long ago i think um jeremy irons was in one not long ago Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh none of them have ever really captured the, the audience. I think even I don't. I I know some people who are Dungeons and Dragons players. I don't remember them ever being like, "Oh my god, you have to see this." Uh, I think everyone just sort of knows the name, but I don't think it's ever resonated as there's an identifiable character. That but
2: isn't I... the whole idea behind Dungeons and Dragons? It's called kind of like reading a book. It's all in your head. Like, yeah, I mean you that's inv- the strength of hear about game. a character. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of hard to manifest that into a show of some type, right?
1: And I will send you a crisp Canadian five dollar bill if you can name a character from the Micronauts. Uh, no, you win. <laughs>
0: yeah, not even the slightest clue. <laughs> I,
2: I remember the. I remember the. 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 They were little vehicles or something, weren't they?
1: Uh, I actually did have a set. I, I remember going to a Christmas party with my grandfather uh, when he worked at Supreme Aluminum. Uh, Supreme Aluminum when I was a kid, uh, and it was one of those, you know, random go to a company party and they give you a random gift and somebody gift for
2: boy, and gift for girl, yeah yeah
1: gift for boy gift for girl i got the, the boy gift and it was a micronaut set and it was kind of like pre-transformers like it was sort of lego-y you could take it apart and reconfigure it a little bit it had a little action figure like a three and a half inch figure in it um but it was like it had no personality it had sort of no subs i remember sort of having and going like well that's a thing like even at <laughs> like eight or nine whatever it was eight years old i remember thinking like huh i think i'll go over there and play with my luke skywalker figure again because this,
2: this, yeah this yeah. thing
1: is totally lame like hey this could be the thing that luke shoots out of the sky with his x-wing right
2: <laughs> or you light it on fire in the gas <laughs> and run, right? uh,
1: yeah and then you turn 12 and you light it on fire in the backyard for stuff it full of firecrackers and see what happens you know
2: yep yep all right let's move on so I'm, i haven't even peeked at this this next story because i want i'm i want it to be su- shock and surprise when you tell me who it is
1: well okay so uh,
2: how comfortable is everybody with spoilers because this is a good story oh yeah walking dead spoilers for sure well we're just about coming up on the Tony. 25th, I think the 25th of September, which is, sorry, 25th of February, which is um, just coming up like next week, right? Yeah, uh, this, or this weekend, I this, guess. This right? weekend
1: this, is going to be the second half the of mid-season.
2: Uh, mid-season I, I've premiering. lost track of where we are. Mid-season 8 or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I yeah. think
1: this is season 8.
2: 8B, yeah. eight yeah. 8B they're calling it. Eight B, oh. Yeah. So as long as we're all comfortable wading into Spoilerville, here we go. Well, we got, we got to have to worry about Jaime's fragile ears because he hasn't caught up yet. <laughs>
0: no, it's so, fine. I probably won't even have the slightest because i'm so far out of it
1: well actually you might be on board for this one this is a this is a long-standing character so uh spoiler alert if you don't want to hear what is going on in the world of uh walking ahead two minutes skip ahead for a couple minutes we're going to get into it uh we won't take long so um we've got some news that uh oh my god oh no one that was too soon oh yeah yeah hold on to that same sentiment just hold on to it um the hollywood reporter is saying that uh lauren cohan who plays really oh my god there you go. Who plays Maggie uh, and has since season two. Ha- what? Has been cast in a new ABC pilot called Whiskey Cavalier about an FBI agent. Uh, and apparently this is related to the fact that uh, Lauren has been fighting with AMC over her new contract. She I was going to say, isn't she pregnant? She she is pregnant on the show. She is with the, with a dead man's baby. Um, apparently she doesn't have a deal in place for... for returning past the end of this season and in response to her not having a new contract she has been quote actively looking for her next job and trying to use the pilot casting process to force AMC's hand yeah no doubt so uh, now a pilot is a pilot that's one episode she's only committed to doing one episode Uh, if the show gets picked up she could be with it or she could continue to do Walking Dead and do that or who knows but uh, very interesting news that a character that. That is very well beloved. Uh, one of the most evolved and longest living characters on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, really, sort of one of. A, She's in line to be emperor, man. I'm yeah, you. I mean, and and in I can say uh, in the comic books is is still you know uh, a very important character. So um, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. If AMC will now capitulate and sign uh, Lauren to a new contract, or if this is going to mark the end of a very popular and uh, and renowned character and and who I think is actually one of the very uh, best parts of the show. She really is the, uh, especially in the wake of, of losing her partner on the show, um, is is really sort of the, the heart of the show. She's really the core of it. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. As, as Rick sort of drifts in and out of uh, lucidity and and uh, you know we sort of go back and yeah. forth with some of these characters, she really is the sort of uh, anchor piece well, at this
2: point. Well, maybe they can get Beth's sleeve and, and slap Maggie's stack into it or something.
1: <laughs> yes that could be the next option but uh <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because uh this could be a real spoiler for how things could play out over the course of this next half season or true, true. it could be that you know this is just her playing serious hardball uh because she doesn't have a contract and they're gonna they're gonna come up with some
2: yeah you kind of wonder if there's equity e- equity in in or equanimity i guess is the word i'm looking for i don't know what the word i'm looking for for in in payrolls between the actors on that
1: show you know well, well, it's an interesting and valid question. I mean, we talked about that with some of the, the things that have been happening with the Me Too movement, but uh, I wonder if she's playing hardball saying, I want the same kind of pay that uh, you know that some of the male leads are getting or, or if she wants more. Or, I mean, and I, I can't make an argument for, against that. I mean, she's, as I said, she's a very central character to the show. So um, she deserves every penny she can That's
2: get. It's true. That's true. Hmm, interesting. That is an interesting twist.
1: All right. Uh, more casting news. So uh, this one's interesting. So uh, for those have seen it the uh stephen king film remake from last year it is actually focused on the, the younger versions of these uh characters who are battling against the supernatural character pennywise the clown there is a second chapter coming just like there was a second chapter of the original tv movie and if you read the book there's the the kids in the older period of time and then they're as adults fighting against the same character Jessica Chastain had made a comment last year saying if they decide they're going to do that second part I would love to play the older version really of uh. this character because uh, Beverly is the character she wanted she thought uh, that she would be a good fit because she loves the character she loves the role she loved the movie and so everyone was like wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be great well here who we are here we are in 2018 and the sources are telling Variety magazine. Magazine, that they are in negotiations now to bring her on board and be that character in the movie that's going to come out next september so right and this is a netflix thing right no it's not netflix it was actually it was a it was a blockbuster it was one of the biggest uh, horror movies in theaters of all time uh, last year really yeah and uh of course jessica Chastain is a is a pretty huge Hollywood she a blockbuster. Star. she's a star and uh so that would bring even more clout to what has become uh, a real resurgent uh Stephen King universe there, so that's pretty neat news, and it's it's just cool that you can sort of will something into existence like that, you know? I'd like to be that character. Well, sure, here you go, Jessica Chastain, you can be that character. Sure, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, A right. cu- couple more pieces of casting, so um, we've got some more information about Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We have two characters added to the show. Uh, we have news that uh, we're going to see Lucy Davis, who was... Uh Steve Trevor's secretary assistant sidekick, uh, in Wonder Woman. Okay. Candy. Oh. oh right. Her, yeah, yeah. She's also from Shaun of the Dead. She's going to be playing Aunt Hilda on the Oh that's Sabrina cool. the
2: Teenage Witch. Was show. she in a large woman suit in that in that in Wonder Woman?
1: Uh have, that's a good question. I I don't know. Like,
2: cause she, if she isn't, you're in deep now. No, I was going to say because <laughs> no, I mean because because that was the one the one thing I noticed about her was, was she's not that large a lady. Or she yeah wasn't she she, she doesn't uh,
1: in in the pictures that I've seen she doesn't seem like she's quite that um, physically large. But mm. and the other bit of casting news we got for uh, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch reboot is that Michelle Gomez is going to be mm-hmm. joining the show. She was uh, Michelle Gomez was uh, Missy on Doctor Who. And who's she going to play? She is going to play Sabrina's favorite teacher and mentor at Baxter High. Oh, really? hmm Yeah, I like the, I like the actress for sure. Yes. Yeah, she was Missy and she was she just ate the scenery up and chewed it up and spat it out. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. Really, really dove herself into that character and had a lot of fun playing the mm-hmm. quite unhinged Missy for a few years there. Mhm. Cool. And uh spinning into that, we have some more Doctor Who news tim Ooh, Doctor Who. Yeah, no,
2: I just saw this yesterday that that uh and No surprise, really, that they've they've uh, introduced a new Doctor Who logo to go along with the new Doctor Who, uh, which they do every every time there's a new incarnation. And They'll probably revamp the the theme music too, which they do as well, which I've I've never been happy with because I've always, I've always liked the 1970s version of Doctor Who with the big synthesizer sounds and stuff. But yeah,
1: the new logo yep. seems really sleek. It seems very uh, elegant or something. It's just really like streamlined.
2: Mm, yeah, it's got a sort of deco look to it, though. So who knows? Yeah,
1: let's see how it plays out. Uh, a little a couple more little animations notes for you so we got a release date for uh sonic the hedgehog the movie which you know if you're I, i'm a fan I, I don't know uh november 15th 2019 we're gonna see uh paramount's sonic the hedgehog uh and the executive producer of that is tim miller the director of deadpool so mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. not sure what that says about where this movie is gonna be i don't know if we're gonna see uh some you know curb stomping sonic action or what that's gonna spell out but uh, yeah I'm, I'm, i'll keep my eyes peeled on that one i'll I like Sonic a lot. Uh, we're also getting news. Is that going to be like
0: a fully animated movie, like a like a Pixar or DreamWorks movie? Or is it going to be like uh, Garfield or the Snurfs for the Chipmunks? Sonic the Sock, to sock, sock puck a bit. uh
1: It says that it is a mix of live action and CGI. Okay. So there will be a Sock puppet. But... Yeah. Hopefully mm. it's not just, you know, nonstop running and a motion sickness in a 3D theater, but it's, yeah, we'll see. There also, to be fair, is a uh, Mario, Super Mario movie coming out in the not- in future too. So we're going to see these two square off in the theaters now. So, Really? Anyway. Uh, and the other bit of animation news we got is that Marvel uh, Animation is going to be making a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur cartoon series. Uh, this is a very uh, popular, well popular? It's cultish, popular Marvel series uh, that's been really uh, rising up over the last, not long. Uh, there was a very old, classic 1960s series um, about Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur. This is Moon Girl. Um, It's about a young African-American girl uh, who is best friends with a literal dinosaur. A big red one. And it's a very sort of funny but heartfelt comic. uh, And apparently this is going to be uh, put together along... uh, One of the people who is going to be working on this uh, is the executive producers of Blackish and Grownish, Lawrence Fishburne and Helen Sugland. So uh, yeah, so it's going to have some pretty good weight behind it. And uh, I think this is perfect material for, for an animated series so this could be a lot of fun cool
2: all right my post here is about uh again it's related to star trek discovery and other things but um apparently neville page who's one of the um i guess creature designers from um various movies such as well he's done the star trek romulans he's done the he just he did the uh, the klingons in in disco and discovery as well as he's worked on some films like james cameron's avatar um and he's and the uh, woman we were just talking about sarah mitich in the character she plays aram i think it's the name um he did her costume as well um and he is a uh, i think an exhibit coming up or something like that um a master class if you will um from art station um where they're going to be talking about how he does all his work so it's kind of cool uh, mm-hmm. thing if you're into the weird costumes that uh, you see in the latest star trek epi- you know reboots or whatever yeah Ooh,
0: yeah i think so what's next the next thing uh, i've got is mine here that uh, netflix is doing their reboot of lost in space and that will be available on april 13th is what it says here
2: this is the t- reboot of the tv show lost space which i used to watch as well as star trek when i was a kid
0: yes uh i guess in between they would have had the uh, 1998 movie with, right uh, matt leblanc and uh heather graham and uh, uh, Oldman. i blanked out a little
1: bit on his name yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i uh, cool. i don't know what to make of that one I, I i didn't i didn't want that franchise to come back necessarily really yeah i mean the movie was, the movie really was really made it horrible but it, you know. it really was a terrible i mean it, the only thing that makes that tv show redeemable now is the incredible edible campiness of it uh, the, yeah. the robots the you know the old man you know yeah, dr smith yeah dr smith quiet you you know just it's 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 pretty cheesy it's pretty
2: well, it was it was a bit like it was like gilligan's island in space i mean like it was you know every week dr smith was trying to do something to rescue himself and leave everybody it was like basically it was the swiss family robinson literally yeah. right yeah space but family space. robinson yeah for sure yep but yeah, we'll yeah see the, there's the
0: trailer linked here in the uh, the show notes that um, i don't really recall the original series that well, but if I'm going off of the um off the 1998 film, which is probably a really bad one, they showed us the mother, <laughs> the father, uh, Will Robinson, and two daughters, it looks like. Yeah, two daughters, yeah. yeah. Didn't get any indication of... Um, I just blanked on Gary Oldman's character's name and I literally heard you guys Dr. say Smith. it. Dr. Smith. Yeah. Dr. Smith, thank yeah. you. And uh, we did hear at the very tail end the um the robot whose name also escapes me. The robot. Yeah, his name was Will Robinson. The ro- that, that yeah. But
2: his, you hear that the his name was end. literally Literally, literally the robot he was a great character though i mean the, the guy who played the robot was really funny like really good but uh it was kind of he was sort of a you know an offbeat character you know, not not very well evolved in terms of his capabilities but you know so he will robinson was the young kid there was judy was the older daughter i want to say debbie was the middle one and, and so what it was is the the father and the mother right and then there was a guy who was the uh, co-pilot which is the character that matt leblanc played in in the uh in the movie and he and the older daughter kind of of hookup or, you know or I don't know if they hook up in the old 60s show but they they had an affection for each other let's put it that way so, yeah but it, again it was it was like as sophisticated as well, I mean Gilligan's island was, was really over the top but it was sophisticated you know the Brady Bunch those kind of like harmless you know TV shows that they used to put on back then right so and it was it was it went up against Star Trek believe it or not in terms of when it was on the, on the air and all that kind of stuff right one was CBC and you think the other was NBC or Star Trek was CBS, NBC or
1: CBS i think was the original um, Star Trek Star Stations.
2: yeah they were on opposite networks i just remember that when i was a kid yeah watching one or the other yeah it,
1: it, it, is it just me or does that seem like the worst cop-out of all time in in science fiction to call a robot robot
2: <laughs> i guess yeah, i mean or or is or is what is it um uh, deadpool says that's just bad writing
1: yeah yeah like how hard <laughs> were you not trying to we're like well we got this robot he's gonna be a, like a huge part of this show we pretty we think the kids are gonna like it. it's gonna be a real uh, eye catcher yeah what are you gonna call it uh the robot, robot.
2: yeah the roomba
1: yeah that would have been more creative i guess mm. or is it more
0: realistic like if you think about it i don't name he's my like the family car
2: he's the family robot right
0: yeah yeah my laptop my car like they don't really have names my phone i don't
2: know about you but i've been using max forever and i give every single one of my max a name
1: it's really more that.
0: like an identifier though right it's not like you named it betsy or bob or something okay right like when you refer to it you don't say like hey can you can you get bob or bob i need you to do this thing
1: yeah. yeah, I suppose. Uh, it's, it was 1965. Like, it, it not like there wasn't some options. That's true. But, well, they had Robbie
2: the robot was the big robot before that one, right? So. Yeah.
1: Which even then, not a, not a huge lift there. No. I mean, they were literally called the Robinsons. Why couldn't he have been Robbie Robinson? Robbie? That's true. <laughs> no? Nothing? No? Robot, come you... <laughs> here. Quiet, you. <laughs> I thought you were
2: doing a, uh, what was it called? Um, what was it? The band joke, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we talked about this when we talked about Altered carbon. And some of the other science fiction properties that uh, Netflix has both been producing and and gobbling up from other entities, but I, I'd I'd like to say like I couldn't care less. But there's a piece of me now that thinks like Netflix has got a pretty magic touch on some of these things. It could be good. It could be. I mean, like the, if you think
2: about it, the concept was. I mean, the concept was very pedestrian in, in by by today's standards, but by the '60s standards, it was it was kind of out there. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: TV shows were like that. Bewitched, and you know, I Dream of Jeannie. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was there was a willingness to go along with that. Although I I wonder if we're now dealing with a sophisticated uh, audience, you know, there was a time where I could like baffle people by talking about like the Dark Knight versus the word Batman, like, you know, Uh there was a real Uh lack of intelligence as far as uh, pop culture science fiction in the zeitgeist. And now it's, you know, we live in a world where there are so many options and so much old and new content is out there every day. Uh Um, I guess it's the IP of something like Lost in Space you can throw to, although I don't think you're necessarily luring in people who are in their uh 50s 60s and older who are for this i think you're probably aiming for a younger audience but uh at the same time make a good show we talked about this before mm-hmm. make a good show it, you know is, is the principal okay so they're a family and they're lost in space great now where do you go with that like what's right. what what makes that good like well i mean me being a lot the
2: whole concept of being uh, marooned in space back then was like it was a new frontier right i, I don't see how even though i am a fan of lost in Space, And I mean, i would forgotten that I'm a fan of Lost in Space. That's how long ago it was. But um, I don't see the point of doing it myself now because I mean, what 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 are they going to do? They can't they can't do any of the sort of major plot lines like they do in in TV shows today. Like TV goes so much further down the emotional you know chain, like you know knocking off characters and you know you know like how does it com- how does it compare to like a, a, you know dis- Star Trek Discovery or um, Game of Thrones or you know uh, Altered Carbon or Black mirror or you know electric dreams it just it doesn't hold up so why even bother right
1: well not I, to mention the fact that you know the whole central plot line of that show if I can recall from watching it as as well, probably a preteen, they were going to Alpha Centauri well but the whole plot of the show was basically at some point Dr Smith would try and concoct a scheme that would put them at risk at which point they would have to get out of that risk exactly okay so in a modern yeah. take on that the first thing they do is put Dr Smith in an airlock, open the door, and say goodbye, yeah. Dr. Smith. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right, that that was, the, that was the conceit of every single show, every episode. Like, he, he, the reason they got marooned is because he he uh, snuck onto the ship, I think, to sabotage it or something like that, or something like that, and he ended up getting stuck in it and, and blasted off. Yeah, he gets, so he, tra- became, he gets
1: trapped aboard the ship, as, and, in, exactly. his, his and extra then extra weight every, is the thing that throws it off. And...
2: Right, and then every episode of that show, or just about every episode, if they I didn't, didn't meet some sort of uh, antagonist um is that right antagonist is a bad guy protagonist
1: uh, protagonist is a hero antagonist is a bad guy okay
2: yep. antagonist yeah they would meet some sort of antagonist um you know robots that want to kill all other life forms sort of you know same those kind of plot lines or it was always dr smith had some scheme to get himself rescued yeah and he was always trying to use the robot and and the young kid to, he was trying to dupe the young kid who had respect for his elder, right? Um, to, to sort of go along with this and, and you know, the kid would always turn out to the kid was the smartest person on the show. That was the best part about that show, right? Yeah, he was supposed to be a genius, right? Yeah, well, he had yeah, that too, but I mean, but but in he was always the, you know, oh, come on, Dr. Smith you can't do that, kind of. He was the moral compass of that show. Mm. Most of the shows were about the kid, the robot, and Dr. Smith. I mean, the other people were off, you know, growing vegetables or something. You yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't see the point of I've, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, I'll maybe I'll be mildly surprised when they come out with something watchable, but I don't I don't it's not a, it's not like like Battlestar Galactica coming back with they did such a good job with that, you know. It was horrible show in the 70s, yeah. you know, and it was great show in, in in when they brought it back, you know, in the But, but you also thousands. recall
1: that show kind of hit out of nowhere like you know, there was like, well, sci-fi is bringing back Battlestar Galactica. I remember you coming to me mm-hmm. and saying like you should totally watch this show and I was like, "Give me a break. Are you yeah, kidding me? Like yep. that one, Lauren Green in it still?" Yeah, yeah. like are you like there's no way! I'm gonna and then you were like, no, no, it really, it's good. I was like, all right, we'll give this a try. Oh, damn, you're right. This is one of the best shows I've ever seen. So, I again, I I think Netflix put some money into it. You got to keep your eye on it, but uh, I I don't know how you stretch that premise out into something that's that compelling uh, sure. in this era. It's a loose premise.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next guy. The other thing we've got is uh, Disney, as we've talked about, is starting its own streaming service, and they are just um, gathering all their arrows and and. <laughs> The you know getting everything together here they've got uh, apparently a new muppets tv series planned for the streaming service so it hasn't even launched and they've added all these different we've talked about what star wars we've talked about uh, yeah. titans and uh oh, no titans is dc that they're
1: doing Marvel oh, stuff. sorry, sorry. uh yeah. yes,
0: yes, yes 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 sorry uh star wars tv series probably a whole bunch of other stuff you've all listened to the episodes you know which ones we're talking about um, <laughs> but they're gathering that's a lot of stuff and and apparently that's podcasting this is one they want to bring back um i do remember when they they brought it back um, not too long ago. Was it like a decade ago, probably? Um, they tried to
1: do it as sort of a... Oh, it wasn't even that. Like it was only the like office. four years ago. Yeah, it was three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that. Only, was... only one season. It was actually not that bad. I didn't mind it, but it wasn't for the everybody disney streaming or whatever the the new one is what gonna, are we talking about oh they brought back uh it was on oh, oh the muppets you're talking about yeah it was on abc yeah, yeah, yeah. or nbc it was like a, it was like a mainstream sitcom uh that yeah, lasted yeah. for a season and it was yeah it was you're right it was like an, a, a workplace comedy uh but it was it was weird it was like they broke up miss piggy and kermit and they were seeing other people and it was it was kind of out there but there yeah, was it also was like,
2: it was like sturdy rock with muppets right that's
1: exactly what it was but it was yes. Exactly. It was, it had its moments. I laughed out loud. I remember watching several episodes of that and yeah. thinking it was okay. And then it was gone. So I don't know what people want in their modern Muppets nowadays. I don't get it. It's the office, right? The office with Muppets. So what are they going to bring that's different to the table for their streaming service? Don't know.
0: Yeah. I kind of wonder about that because it's sort of weird that like, I, I, I get it, right? Like I get it with the Muppets where people Game sort of, of Muppets, the, the episodic style that you have with uh, the original Muppets show. But in between that and the ABC revival was uh at least two maybe three movies the of the more modern variety where they actually did have that through line of tensions between kermit and miss piggy mm-hmm. right and the cast is like broken up and they're off doing their own things and it was sort of like a, a darker take on things um i mean only so dark because it's still the muppets right um but i'm surprised that that through line didn't carry on through like the tv series and it's almost as if it was a completely different set of audiences who are going to see the movies versus people tuning in on ABC. Yeah, I
1: wonder if at a certain point though, Jaime, we're not getting into a world that is in the same way we were just kind of taking the piss out of, of Lost in Space. I, I don't know how much, you know, there's certainly people my generation for sure grew up watching Muppets as kids and have a very strong affection for those characters. My kids, I took them to see those last few sort of Muppet films in the theater and they have a passing notion, but I don't think they have a strong affection for those characters. I think they're just like for them, they're just another piece of very vaguely familiar IP. I wonder if the Muppets have had their day and now they're not quite what they used to be.
2: Well they're definitely going to have to put another hand inside of Kermit's sleeve. Well
1: yeah they fired the last guy. Did they? Yeah that, that oh. was that was last year. They fired the guy. Wasn't that Robin...
2: the... Wasn't it, was it Robin wasn't it wasn't it uh, it was Some... it was
1: him but then they there was somebody else who had taken over uh and then they had last year fired him. So let me let me just look it up here. So here we go. Steve Whitmire, performed as Kermit. Uh, Real-time follow-up there, folks. Yep. Steve Whitmire performed as Kermit uh, from the death of Jim Henson. Jim Henson, yeah. Up until 2016, at which point he was fired uh, and is now, there's now a new person in that role. Let me just see if I can find the details of his firing. Oh, here we go. Uh, so in July 2017, Disney announced Whitmire is no longer involved with the Muppets and that his fellow Muppet performer, Matt Vogel, was cast as Kermit's performer. Whitmire revealed that he was dismissed in October 2016 after 39 years as a Muppet performer because of wow. un- because of undisclosed issues he said had not been disclosed before his dismissal. Uh, apparently the Henson family has stated the issues with Whitmar began uh, when he was making out, quote, outrageous demands and often played rinkmanship uh, and that they should have dismissed him before but they, uh, apparently he was having co- conflicts with some of his other performers. This is all of course allegations uh, on our good friends wikipedia so take it with a grain of salt please don't sue us mr Whitmire. um so yeah this, this was a big uh big scandal uh, several years ago because i mean this guy had, had literally been since the muppet movie yeah, Kermit, been working yeah. on these things and had taken over uh from jim henson and performing this character and he got canned after 40 years at which point I, I remember reading an interview with him where he basically said now what am i supposed to do like i've been a muppeteer for 40 years
2: right right so he must he must have worked with jim henson because jim henson hasn't been gone for 40 years I no think.
1: no he he was actually working as a as a muppeteer for other characters he did uh right rizzo the rat was one of his characters back in the early 80s that he was the first muppeteer on and again he sort of graduated um with the passing of, of uh, jim henson up to being kermit and also in that he did some of the other characters he'd still continue to be Rizzo. so he was rizzo the rat is like one of the more popular modern muppets he was That's that true. that muppeteer for every year up until 2016. So
2: I wonder if if, uh, Gonzo got dismissed for uh, chicken harassment.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. They had a thing. They were in love. (laughs) Camilla.
2: Camilla. Was it just one chicken or all any chicken?
1: Well, he had a he had a harem of of chickens, but Camilla was his girl. Oh, I guess that's the way it works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know, this all sort of speaks to. I wonder where the Muppets are nowadays and what will will what this new series will bring
2: Mm -hmm. all right well let's do this let's move on to the black panther movie and so what we're going to try to do if we can manage it is we'll do say 10 minutes of spoiler free right Mm -hmm. and then we'll try and dig in we'll give you a warning so yeah so jonathan you have some few notes here about the so yeah so here's a spoiler warning if you you haven't seen black panther movie and you want to skip ahead you know we're going to talk about black panther sort of spoiler free version and then we're going to dig in So, so be forewarned
1: so we'll start with the uh the the sort of holy holy moly of it all um yeah. so we we start off with the fact that um and these numbers caught me off guard so black panther is the 18th mcu movie wow which yeah like can you like that seems 18 i'd be hard pressed to name five. Oh, i think you could do better than that
2: oh but this oh so this includes this also includes um x-men right
1: so... no this this starts with iron man and continues it starts through... with iron man starts with iron man and that was 10 years ago believe it or not So we've had 18, 18 marvel movies, movies. 10 years starts with Iron Man ends with Black Panther. Off you go. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Iron Tim Man don't forget 1, 2, there's like 3. <laughs> some of those have sequels, right?
2: Uh Captain America 1, Civil War, yeah, uh Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's 3. Six. well I got the I got the 3 Iron Mans in there. Those were 1, 2 and 3. Yeah. Um We'll give you
1: a blank Panther as a as a bonus. Spider
2: Man. There's a couple of Spider Mans that they count. Uh, there's no. one
1: Spider Man that counts.
2: One Spider Man that counts. Okay, that's, that's five. That? Good job. Um, yeah, like I said, I'd be hard. Oh, I did five. They defy... said five, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Black Panther that counts as one. That's a freebie. That's, right? that's your
1: five. Yep.
2: Uh, oh, that was my five, My fifth. That no. Your... That was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Three Captain Americas. <sighs> oh, Thor. We got Thor, Thor, Ragnarok, and Thor the second one. Which I can't remember the name of Dark Worlds, That's three Green, more. Lantern. Nope. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> Nope. Wrong. That's DC, right? Yep. Uh, what are we up to? That's eight of eight, eighteen. Okay. Ten more to go. Oh my God. Um. Let's see. Who else is in this move? Who's who else is in this genre? Think, uh, well, think think about oh, did, what, what the do the, the, Ant-Man, team are. Does about, the Ant-Man, Ant Man. Think about Ant Man. Ant count. Ant Man counts. That's that's nine. Oh oh okay 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 Ant Man and then well, does the wasp doesn't count because it hasn't been out yet. Uh, that, right.
1: That'll be movie number twenty coming. Later okay. So the
2: then movie. we have the Avengers, right? Yeah. How many of those? Oh, we there? have the Hulk movies, right? Uh, yeah. There was there so, was one of those. those the first Hulk, the Eric Eric Bana Hulk, and then we had the, no, the Edward. No, the Eric Bana Hulk was pre-Marvel Universe. Oh, was it? So what about the Edward Norton one? That one counts. Okay. And then there wasn't a third one with Mark Ruffalo by himself,
1: right? Nope. Okay, what are we up to? 12? I think you're at 11. 11. Okay. So, hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll spot you the extra Avengers film. That's 12. Did we do the Avengers? Well, you, you said Avengers. Uh, There's two Avengers. Two yeah. Avengers. That's 12. And three Thors, right? Three
2: Thors, yeah. <sighs> five more to go right six more to go seven more to go six more to go um i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna have to tag in and let let little Jaime take over
0: yeah i'm starting to run dry i'm like all right so there's two guardians of the galaxies in there oh right yeah yeah okay that's 14 four more Uh, let's see you already said ant-man uh what other ones have we missed uh you already said all the avengers ones, right so you said avengers and and avengers age of ultron um yeah ragnarok no Mm -hmm. yep thor movies Iron Man. america
2: i did the captain america ones you counted those right Uh, yeah yep there's two of those
1: there's, three one, of those there's there's one more sort of extended franchise you, you, you got the first one but you haven't had hadn't mentioned it's two sequels uh, hmm? i'm at a loss
0: at this point it's gonna kill me when when he says the names
1: <laughs> uh I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go from the beginning to the end are you ready okay give her iron man the incredible hulk iron man 2 that was the one you missed thor i said one two and three. Oh, you said one two and three yeah, yeah okay yeah. well there you go so we'll give you those ones uh iron man 2 thor captain america the first avenger the avengers iron man 3 thor the Dark World Captain America Winter Soldier Guardians of the Galaxy Avengers Age of Ultron Ant-Man Captain America Civil War Doctor Strange oh. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Spider-Man Homecoming Thor Ragnarok Black Panther and we are scant months away from Avengers Infinity War wait so
2: what did I I missed one in there Which Doctor Strange did miss? Doctor Strange was the one you missed oh just the one
1: yeah because okay. uh, I didn't hear you say the other Iron Man ones but that's that's what it got that's what gets us to 18 right okay yeah. and this year alone we're going to see Avengers Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp bringing us to an even 20. Next year we're going to get Captain Marvel and the next Avengers film. So hold on to your socks folks this isn't going away. Right. right. For everyone who complains there's too much Star Wars content (laughs) here we are. (laughs) You have nothing to say. Yeah exactly. So I I found myself reflecting on this one and thinking like holy moly I can't believe we've gotten to 18 of these movies over 10 years. Uh, The collective value at the box office is over 14 billion dollars. Right. That's how much money. of These movies have made for for Disney. Wow! Uh, All for Disney, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Paramount was in on the ground floor of those first two. Uh, uh, Iron Man and Hulk were tied mm-hmm. into Paramount, and then okay. and then Marvel started producing. They created their own studio at that point and started producing their own movies. So those mm-hmm. ones are are more Disney. They're Marvel Cinematic Productions. Okay. Uh, Black Panther had the best start so far of any of those films. It made mm-hmm. uh, two hundred and forty two million dollars over the four-day weekend and according to our friends at Variety as of this morning, it had the Mm -hmm. best Tuesday gross for a Marvel Cinematic Universe picture of all time and the seventh biggest Tuesday of all time this week uh, with an impressive 21 million dollars on that day alone. So far its grand total is 261 million within the US within five days. So uh, That is second all time to only Star Wars The Force Awakens.
2: So my numbers on Monday were... 387 million worldwide yeah. and 201 domestically. So that would be like some money. So that would be up to Sunday, I guess, sir.
1: So the updated story from, from two, uh, this is from Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Worldwide total is $462 million. The oh, budget was 200 for those keeping score. Hmm, interesting.
2: And according to this, I mean, this may not be true anymore, but it was the fir- fifth biggest debut of all times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this movie is huge, 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 huge. huge! All right. Uh, now, let's talk about why. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, this movie's monstrous and it had a lot of the right ingredients. They'd mm-hmm. already done a good job of giving us the the Black Panther in a couple of doses in uh, Civil War. We sort of gotten exposed to the backstory. We got used to the, you know, he's, he's part of the MCU. We didn't have to get too far into this being an origin picture, so it wasn't starting from ground zero. It had maybe one of the best casts I've ever seen in a film. Um, you know, basically every amazing African-American actor plus like every up-and-coming one all in one picture all at the same time. Uh, you know, we have legitimate stars in Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrero, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. We have, you know, established stars like Angela Bassett for and Forrest Whitaker. Um, you know, we even got Sterling K. Brown who's, you know, uh, hot stuff for This Is Us, on on tv um you know this is just this is a a really somewhat astonishing amount of star power to put into one movie Mm -hmm, Uh, you mm -hmm. get basically the hottest director around to to direct it um in in ryan coogler and, and all the ingredients are there so of course you know big things were expected, but wow, I mean this thing just just blew up. You know, I had friends who were commenting, you know, we we have some friends and family who uh, have you know, uh, African roots and they were saying, you know, this movie is everything it's to see this, you know, this kind of portrayal of this character to see, you know, people with different you know, faces on the screen as legitimate stars in a movie like this, it just means the world to them. You know, I came out thinking like there should be way more movies like this like this movie had so much going for it, you know, it was it was huge and yet it was subdued, it was shakespearean and epic, but it was also fun and entertaining. Uh, you know, was it a perfect movie? No. Was it my favorite Marvel movie? No. But there was so much to take away from all this. Uh, that, you know, this is groundbreaking stuff mm-hmm, for sure.
2: I was just thinking the only other movie I think that would be comparable in terms of cast would be Glory. Do you remember the movie Glory? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. with uh, with but that was a different story, of course, but yeah interesting yeah i mean there were a lot of interesting a lot of uh recognizable faces for sure i mean like even you know from walking dead and other shows that you mentioned mm. before right so um
1: so uh what are what are your takeaways what's you know what stands out what's what are the moments that that you know that really break it down other free moments well yeah i mean do you want to do the high level stuff i mean what are the standout uh performances or, or moments that really jump out at you without uh without spoiling well i think that
2: the 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 character played by
1: uh which one is the one from uh um, Denai
2: Guerrero, Denai Guerrero, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, her character was really uh, well. I mean, standout performances um, for me was is it Lolita Wright, Letitia, Letitia, Leticia Wright. She, Leticia. Alicia, right. she, uh, she, um, she became a star
1: I, right in front of us, right. Well, there. it was
2: a couple of a couple of times. I had to, I had to, you know, I've got my IMDb app and I pulled it out because I did the same thing when I was watching Black Mirror because she was she was in Black Mirror too in the last episode of this this uh, latest season. I think season four, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, but she was also in a show that I watched. Called humans, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen. I've seen the trailers, so, but I never watched it. Yeah, Only it's the a, first uh, season. Yeah, it's a great, great movie, uh, great sort of TV series. It's out of Britain, and it's about um, you know uh, androids or robots become um, everyday things like electric cars. Everybody has an electric car. Everybody has a house robot, and it's about one of these families that gets one, and one of the younger sons in the in the story, his, one of his his friends from school, um. Won Wants to be a robot, and she's played by Letitia Wright, and and she's so very convincing actor portrayal of this girl who you know, in her sort of teenage angst, you know, um, identifies more with being a robot than being a young girl. So she plays that part, and she's very you know very good, you know, as a, as a sort of lost child in that in that um, in that context. So when I saw her as the as the the um, the sister of uh, or the I guess the princess of, of the
1: she's a Disney kingdom.
2: princess, Disney princess, yeah, exactly, and she has a mother too amazingly where's
0: tammy when we need her um <laughs> they didn't and the kill mother, mother. Oh my God. and the mother didn't die spoilers <laughs> exactly. it's not like the mother's fault that this whole oh, thing wait. happens like, <laughs> just, like the anti-disney mother movie for tammy that's true it's true it's a like that sorry about the
2: spoiler there folks but yeah um yeah so those two characters those two women stood out in in my mind as as uh interesting actors uh forrest Whitaker was a whole surprise i mean i wasn't expecting i didn't see him any of the any the previews so when he showed up it was kind of uh kind of interesting and it much better character portrayal than he did in the last and was it rogue one he was in rogue one yeah he was a little uh he was playing a very unstable character in that one yeah yeah so important but central character in the story but still
0: um Mm -hmm. it's good what was your take Jaime I think my take was that I, I really well I mean beyond the like inclusion and representation aspect of it which was done really well I think the thing I took away was how the story is like there are some big moments to it but it's still a rather like small and intimate private sort of film right where there isn't like oh uh, there's this big laser beam in the sky that we have to to go deal with right Mm -hmm. there are some uh, global impacts that are um, hinted at and and, and are part of the the driving plot but uh, the story is really about uh, the the interaction between the antagonist and the protagonist and how they got to where they are and where they're going afterwards so I thought that was really nice that it um, it wasn't like everything go boom. There was a lot of uh, quieter moments that were arguably some of the best parts of the film.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw an interesting take uh, online the other day where somebody said, this, this really puts an interesting line between the hyphen in African and American too. Uh, you know, it, it, an interesting sort of look at this too, because again, uh, the movie was obviously made by um, an African American director and uh, starring a lot of African Americans, but obviously it was focused around the idea of an African nation. The protagonist uh, in Chiwetel Boseman as chala was uh, the the king of this country. It's focused around these characters, and the clash is really between um, uh, his his uh, rival Killmonger and him, where we have an African American and an African um, going toe to toe. And there's a real sort of clash of cultures, and and as well as the clash of of uh, their upbringing and their experiences too. That was really kind of well, somebody said Shakespearean. I think that's that's probably a good way to look at it, right? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so we take the wrapper off and now talk about the movie
0: yeah i think so i think I'm so to go into the spoiler section <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, little bit, so. be a little bit easier i think I, I think for me it was like a go see it kind of movie and
1: yeah please go see this movie we'll say that before we dive into the spoilers go just do yourself a favor go see the movie in the theater it deserves it yeah okay so this is the spoiler for po- you uh
2: sorry this is the spoiler part of the show we're going to set the timer for 10 minutes and we're going to dig in so here we go starting with now and go so yeah so my biggest well i, I there was a couple of big problems i had with this one and i and i, I they kind of dealt with it but they kind of didn't deal with it and that was the whole sort of they have all this wealth and all these riches and all this capabilities and power and yet every america every black person around the world is suffering mm-hmm. right and yet like why would they take this much time to you know to come around to seeing that that was the right thing to do i guess it's a new generation of of
1: t'challa as as the king right but well uh, but that's the i mean that's sort of the arc of the of the whole film though is that you right. know they they value their stop sure privacy they don't want to they don't want to get subsumed by the outside world they've you know seen how uh the colonial world has has affected african nations around them so they've put right. themselves behind this this protective barrier um and it really takes that conflict between um uh killmonger and uh black panther to sort of bring to light that you know maybe the way that they've been dealing with what they have versus what they can do for the world in the wrong way and i think that's kind of the, the sort of arc of it right yeah yeah i suppose
0: yeah yeah i think for me it, it sort of fed into uh lots of sins of the past sort of thing right yeah so, uh, the the, the well, longer cover-ups and was... the abandonments yeah 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 I mean, well, they... the longer term one is like the colonialism and slavery right like that's a, a, a big one um but also sort of the the sins of each of these characters respective uh, fathers and and mm. the mistakes that they made and how their sons right. are dealing with that and then going forward is the question of you know what should wakanda do as you mentioned right there's like well like they traditionally said well we're just going to keep it to ourselves because we let other people have this stuff, they're going to abuse it. They don't have the same sort of uh, morals and upbringing that we do. Um, And bringing people in isn't necessarily an option either because then Wakanda loses what it is to be Wakanda and it will lose that greatness. Mm -hmm. So the the sort of isolationism sort of makes sense from that historical context. But as Jonathan mentioned, that the whole arc for uh, T'Challa, Black Panther is, oh, like the villain has actually changed my mind, right? Like we disagreed and we fought, you know, he's dead. But ultimately, in some respects he was right not with everything not with his methods by any means not the like anti-colonialism by which we will be the colonial uh, the colonizers mm-hmm. right uh, like a reverse sort of uh colonialism uh, at least it's traditionally done and say well maybe we can outreach right we can have stuff in Oakland we can share stuff at the United Nations and say we're going to share our wealth and power and technology or science with the world
2: yeah yeah I don't know I said, I said to Jonathan at the end of the movie I, I don't know why they didn't just run away and do their user technology to rest to you know recover that the, the character gets the killmonger who gets killed right at the end of it right like why you know they had all this technology for saving and you know healing and blah 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 right
1: yeah they, they kind of need to give him that that sort of poignant death though again his his speech at the end where he talks about you know like bury me at sea with my you know brothers knew who knew it was better to die uh you know die in the water than it was to you know live as a slave you know like it, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. obviously a very poignant message there um True. It, you know i found my myself the last few days sort of ruminating on how I feel about it. Again, I I think Michael B. Jordan is a legit star. Like, if anybody's seen Creed, Creed that, that's yeah. a star performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right. Chadwick Boseman, I think, put himself in that conversation with this picture. Um, mm-hmm. But I found myself thinking hard and har- harder and harder about Michael uh, B. Jordan's performance in this one. I found it a little bit one note off the beginning and I think they were trying to do that. They were sort of playing him as this sort of, you know, callous uh, sort of casual killer. And then they started adding these layers of depth to him over the course of the picture, he might be the most complex an interesting villain they've had since Loki in the Marvel Universe you know they, they right. really they gave him you know some really interesting motivations you know yes clearly a monster clearly a bad guy clearly you know a killer and all these things but they also added a lot of depth to his emotion to his motivations and the way that he played that it, it wasn't just a one note villain role it was really well done yeah and, I, I, right. I was a little bit split on the Killmonger uh, Michael B.
0: Jordan thing because uh, I do agree that the, the premise for the character um, and, and his role is, like, as you said, one of the most complex and he plays uh, that, that character plays rather well into sort of like the overarching theme uh, and while I do think that in general the performance was good by Michael B. Jordan there were times where I felt like he was a little flat, like mm-hmm. maybe they chose the wrong take or something where I was like, okay y- you didn't convince me for being um, either menacing enough to be an antagonist or to have something that matches um, uh, Chadwick Boswell Husband's character who is um you know the black panther t'challa is more um confident whereas sometimes mm-hmm. i felt like michael b jordan's character was a little bit more cocky and, mm-hmm. and arrogant
1: yeah more um, of that contradiction you're right yeah uh, but it's funny you know when you look at that performance by chadwick boseman i mean wow that guy's got such gravitas like he just commands the screen that scene where he's there in the casino in busan like oh that, yeah he is just a f- freaking movie star in that scene like that was amazing I also found myself as I was watching the movie thinking dear Star Wars this is what you do with Lupita Nyong'o like don't put her as a CGI little short stack weirdo with big googly eyes like she is a freaking star (laughs) and she was so captivating Uh, and you know it makes you think like how did she follow up 12 Years a Slave with you know Force Awakens which was just such a waste of her talents you know she belonged in front of us in front of a camera
0: yeah i definitely agree with that having her be i mean i guess she does motion capture but essentially a voice actor uh is not doing her justice given the the range that she has i, I yeah, love doing it wrong, yeah
1: yeah and leticia right i mean god what a delight she was uh playing shuri princess shuri you know oh thanks another broken white boy for me to fix you know just he got all <laughs> the best lines she was cute to chai Boseman's james bond as t'challa you know she's smart she's quick she's you know uh, you know she's making fun of her brother's sandals you know like she she just was uh
2: yeah that was the best line in the whole movie she actually. was
1: so much fun and you know uh, even some of the subtle stuff you know Winston Duke played Mabaku who was the the leader of the uh the rival people who live in the mountains now that's based on a comic book character with the tragic name man ape uh which they did mm. not bust out for this thank god um <laughs> but uh you know again he was one where you know he sort of they bring him on at the beginning and you think he's going to be this big sort of goonish, you know, have a fight with T'Challa foil, but then they bring him back around and they give him a little bit more of character and they sort of, you know, give him a more central role. He's got sort of a nice bit of humor to the, the piece. Uh, you know, again, lots of little pieces to unpack on this. Lots of good little quiet performances. You know, uh, we talked about Denai Guerrera and that whole, the Dora Malayjay, the, um, the 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 warriors, the women warriors you know I, I found myself feeling bad a little bit because i was thinking it was it was just a year ago that wonder woman came out and we were like wow this is amazing representation look at all these women brave right, yep. strong and these guys were just like yeah okay well we'll see your amazons and we'll raise you the Dura Malija, and right. you know yeah good luck off you go like that was that was supremely badass yeah apparently based on a real tribe right or something like that I, I didn't, I hadn't heard that, but I know that the, that was part of that whole Christopher priest, um, uh, Marvel Knights, Black Panther run that he sort mm-hmm. of brought that, you know, a lot of that sort of more fleshed out universe uh, of Wakanda to comic books, which they lifted a lot of this content from, uh, um, yeah, so
2: how much, how much of the, yeah, I was going to say how much of the show, cause you mentioned that in, in the, the preamble.
1: Yeah, I, I must admit, I haven't kept up with the last few years. I've, I've let some of my sort of Marvel DC comic book stuff go the last few years. Um um and I know that' a lot of this stuff has sort of come back around um and Black Panther's become like an a list uh comic book character, but mm-hmm. yeah, i mean a lot of the characters you know are are there shuri and and um you know, uh, the, the character that Angela Bassett plays is is actually, I think is T'Challa's stepmom, not his mom in the comics, but uh, there was a lot of lifting from there. Killmonger is, is a, a character from there. Um, uh, Akoye, there, there are pieces for sure, uh, that they, that they pulled straight out of there.
2: So you mentioned in your notes here, Ch- T'Chaka and Ayo from,
1: uh, Civil War. What were they, what were they in that? Uh, that was that was straight from um from our our good friends at Wikipedia. But that's Ah. they were um I believe part of the entourage at the United Nations with uh oh I see right okay with T'Challa and his father T'Chaka. Right. Uh oh, sorry. John Connie is John Connie was T'Chaka, right? Yes, that's the father. That's the dad. Yes, that's his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he comes back and plays, of course, in those rather head trippy scenes of uh when when he takes the poison and you know yeah just, just just a warning we passed our 10 minute mark so i don't know if we want to over oh, one we've got one more minute left. Oh, we've got one more my, minute okay in my my time distorted tw- 10 minutes okay um yeah no it's uh so let's
2: wrap it up yeah, yeah
1: this, this, i think i think i think this was really cool there's lots of fun stuff in there um even you know we haven't talked about the two white guys in the movie but martin freeman um I you know i'm not sure he was entirely necessary but he had some good scenes um yeah exactly yeah andy circus was again just just devouring the scenery he was having a great mm-hmm. time playing uh mm-hmm. claw um and, and an interesting twist on that character too when they uh you know you think he's going to be the big bad guy of the picture and it turns out oh wait in fact he's not so right yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was a good one I, I must admit i didn't see that coming i i sort of pride myself obviously on, on picking apart threads um but I, d- I did not see him getting getting uh, killed at that point in the picture as, as where that was going and did you see killmonger coming into the picture or i, I did just because i knew the name like I, oh, okay. I, I i put two together i also know i mean, Mean, his, i know michael his... b jordan when i see him so i was like oh there's michael b jordan he's going to be a huge part of this movie you wouldn't cast him otherwise because he's a you know he's a huge star
2: yeah, yeah 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 but i mean the whole what you know what happens in in the, the middle of the movie with the black panther
1: um no but i think uh yeah i found i found that part a little particular when he sort of shows up in wakanda i figured that's where uh-huh. that was going that he was gonna you know oh challenge challenge yeah. him and then there was gonna be because they they made such a thing out of that first fight with uh mbaku and and, you know, the ceremony and how I was going to go. And, you know, you know, yeah, from there, there was a lot of predictability and sort of where that piece was going, how it all sort of settled out in the end. Again, you could obviously you saw them on a collision course and, mm-hmm. you know, of course you knew that he wasn't, you know, T'Challa wasn't really dead, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that part sort of followed a little bit of sort of rote stuff. Um, sure. the fight scene, the only part I must admit that took me out of this film, I didn't, I didn't really love the CGI effects at times. Um, I don't know if it was just cause it was too, uh, uh like black panther costumes um when they were like fighting in the mine shaft and stuff oh like that. yeah it yeah. felt a the little golden. bit actually it was the first time in a long time that i found myself sort of thinking like that that didn't look like a level cgi uh right. a marvel <laughs> picture and i don't know uh-huh. if it's just because it was really hard to to like those costumes must be a pain in the butt to try and uh animate just because there's no texture to them they're black right like mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's really hard right. but, yeah that that scene kind of took me out of it a little bit but but then <laughs> and also so did them intermittently dropping their masks for no good reason, where they could have a conversation. Then they put their masks back on. And they fight some more, and then they take their masks back off. Uh, that, that was just kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's because you couldn't tell who who was who, 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 I guess, right?
1: Yeah, in case you got mixed up. I mean, you you saw the gold on Killmonger's costume, but you, yeah. if you if you lost track of that, yeah, that would be a really dumb fight. it Looked like a mirror fight, right? Right, right. I must say, I was impressed with
2: Angela Bassett's Nef- Nefertiti style hat as well.
1: oh she's still such a knockout. Oh my God, she's such a beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I did I I meant to look up After I got home and I didn't, I meant to look up how old Angela Bassett is now, but I was thinking like, wow, (laughs) she still looks so great. She's 59. I just looked it up. She's 59.
2: No way. Okay. So listen, we have like, you know, we're over time here. So we got to whip through our our watch list real quick. So what do you got for us, Jonathan?
1: I have. uh, So last week, uh, the good folks at Hasbro, we were talking about Hasbro, have announced that they are trying this new sort of Kickstarter model for its toy line. They have announced something called HasLab, where they are introducing uh, Kickstarter model-made um, toys. If they get enough backers, they will make these products. So the first thing they've rolled out is part of the Star Wars vintage collection. It is Jabba's sail barge. It is a five-foot-long toy. It is humongous. Uh, it is model, of course, after Jabba's sail barge from Return of the Jedi. Uh, it is uh, this this crazy. High High end. It's it weighs fifteen pounds. It's four feet long. Uh, it's about seventeen inches tall. Uh, comes with a. a million dollars. It's, it's five hundred dollars US plus tax. And they need five hundred backers. Or sorry, five thousand backers. If they get five thousand backers by uh, April the fourth, they will make all of them and ship them. If they do not, they will not.
2: So they have to make. They have to pay the five hundred dollars each. Yes. Wow.
1: So. Oh, you pay 500 bucks if 5,000 people at 500 bucks a pop all put in for it they will make 5,000 of these things wow. there are 41 days as of today to go uh, you can visit it at HasbroLab.com. Uh, there are 1646 sold so far with 41 days to go uh, there's a huge uh, bunch of background information on here as to what they're doing you can see all the schematics you can see all the models you can see all the features it tells you what's going to be in it it is a really, really kick-ass looking toy. Uh, not that I have $500 US that I want to drop on this, but if you are a collector of Star Wars toys, this thing is balls. It is really cool. Uh, somewhere a 10-year-old me is just like, you know, jumping up and down to get his hands on one of these things. Right, right, cool. So if you're if you're a Star Wars fan or uh, you're into the, you know, the, the high-end toys, go give yourself a look at, at HasbroLab.com because this thing is really neat. Cool, All right. I
0: mean, what do you got for us? I have your a YouTube video. So if you're like me and you were on uh, Team Lorca for most of Star Trek Discovery's season, um, you might like this video about why Captain Jellico is actually pretty awesome. This is the, uh, to remind people, this is the captain who comes in to take over while Picard is off doing this um, undercover scheme and he gets caught and ends up doing the uh, the four lights versus five lights sort of thing with the Cardassians. Um, back on the Enterprise, Enterprise D, Captain Jellicoe is the captain that everybody sort of remembers like oh yeah like i hated that dude and this video says well wait a minute maybe he was actually right and maybe you know it's okay for our favorite characters to dislike him but maybe we the audience shouldn't also dislike him given what's presented in the episode itself
2: hmm. Cool. all right
0: mm-hmm. no idea who that is uh, yeah i totally right. remember that those episodes that was a really cool two-parter well, i remember the the five lights four lights thing but i don't remember the, the captain dude yep. um so my
2: pick is altered carbon i'm eight episodes in how far are you guys in done,
0: done. still only okay. a couple episodes I, I took a little break and i probably would be another couple weeks before I finish it up,
2: yeah, yeah, it's it it twists and turns, so we'll have to see what what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I thought yeah. It, it it sort of meandered its way through, and there was a few I don't know what the heck is going on here moments, but it, it did actually finish in a way that was um, gratifying, satisfactory. Yeah, yeah. so I, I I'm glad I stuck through. Um, if if only for uh, again, as we talked about before, it's it's gratuitous nudity and and over the top violence.
2: So the quickly before we go, the the actor who plays the bat the the Dude, um, have have we ever seen him in anything where he was a happy go lucky friendly guy?
0: As to, <laughs> no, because no, he was I've like the villain in um, the following, I think. With yeah,
1: with Kevin Bacon.
2: Kevin,
0: Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah,
2: yep. And he's he's been in a few things, and he's 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 just
0: been a
2: nasty
1: piece of work, right? So yeah, that's the, you're talking about James Purfoy. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. He's he just plays nasty bit of work in everything he does.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and he's nice to casting. see. Uh, yeah, nice, nice to see some other characters mixed in there. I won't spoil anything for uh, for Jaime, but there was there was a few uh, faces from the past that sort of pop up at different points, and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that actor in a while, and you know, different yeah, moments. from,
2: uh, from um, nope, uh, nope, don't say it. it, don't say it, that that show that with, show with those guys that guy with, the things. with the ship, yeah. the Firefly guy, um, yeah, yep. that one, but, yeah, her, yeah. yep, I know it, but I'm not uh-huh. going to say it. Yeah, apparently the guy who plays who's the original sleeve, um, he's he's I've forgotten his name now too. We'll have to put him in the fact check, but yeah, apparently he's in quite a few things that he pops up he's kind of one of these uh, he was on the imd special on you know the no small parts things that they do right so i've forgotten his name the the not the not caucasian character of the sleeve oh yeah 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 him yep. yeah yep all right well we gotta wrap it up so hey jaime if people want to find you on the interwebs wherever they look i'm on twitter as at dev of the hair and firewolf cool <laughs> where wherever they find you
1: i am on twitter as at jpk news all
2: right and uh, my name is timitra t-i-m-m-i-t-r-a and that's where to find me on the Twitter machine, and we will talk to you guys in the future. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.
1: If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spockcast website at spockcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spockcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpockcast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash spotcast. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future.
2: So apparently Todd Rundgren was playing at the um, at somewhere, uh, Massey Hall, I guess. He's a bucket list guy. But then when I looked at the number of songs that, that he would do, I kind of um, don't know what the heck is this. I don't know what... um Yeah, I pretty, pretty much want to hear like maybe two or three songs by him, but not, not a whole night of his stuff. Do you know who I'm talking about, Jonathan? Todd Rundgren?
1: Yeah. I know of him. Oh, you know of him? Okay. I don't think I could name a song by him, but I know that he was famous when I was a very small boy.
2: Yeah. Well, he, he's the original guy who did the song Hello before... What's her name? You know, Lionel Richie. No, even before him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's his name? (laughs) Lionel Richie. You know, he did the "Hello, It's Me." I've thought about you for a long, long while. That song? Uh, No,
0: not ringing a bell. Not ringing a
2: bell. (laughs) You guys are so young. (laughs) All right. Well, it was a good roller skating, roller rink song back when I was a kid.
1: Didn't we see that guy open for uh, Tom Petty last year?
2: No, that was a different dude. That was, who
1: who was that guy? That was the guy from the Jay Giles band, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Angel was a centerfold guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. And that wasn't Todd
1: Rundgren? Sorry, I'm just... uh...
2: No, yeah, apparently the wrong guy left the planet after that show, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Okay, let's just dig in, I guess. Uh, So we got a whole bunch of uh, news from JPK. Okay, I've, re- I've renamed the uh, the last part to watch list, right? To
1: watch list. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because it makes
2: more sense. More sense for this kind of this kind of genre
1: genre. Ooh, so we're we're changing on the fly. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. I did that earlier today.
2: Can we change the name of the All F-U
1: feud something more polite.
2: Um, yeah. Well, F-U, Yeah. yeah sure. What, what what would you What would you have in mind? I don't know. We call it the news, right? So geek news, nerd news, nerdvana, nerd, nerd news, new new. What say? Nerdvana. 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 nerdvana, nerdvana. Welcome to nerdvana. Welcome to Nerdvana. That's right, where all things know. nerd come true. Well, because it's not really follow up. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know headlines. How about headlines?
1: Headlines
2: Does that work for you? Yep. All right. Headlines. It is. This is Jonathan's uh, former life rearing its rearing ugly head.
1: Oh, I a like long John. enough <laughs> scale. Hmm? I like I like headlines better. I think that's that's a better headline. Headlines. <laughs> head, head, head lice. Yeah, I heard head
0: lice as well the first time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> come on, Jaime. Come uh, on to the
2: headlights.
0: Come on. Let's
1: let's do some head. Let's follow up on the headlights. Exactly.